Welcome to 100 PM, the show where we interview 100 active product managers from startups to enterprise, everything in between, all from one great city every season. If you're joining us for the first time, be sure to visit our website, 100productmanagers.com. That's the number 100, productmanagers.com. It's the web's largest single free resource for product management topics. We've got tons of great articles about business, technology, and design, fabulous contributors, and the official must-read, listen-to-follow list, as recommended by our incredible guests, week over week. It's season one. We're here in sunny Los Angeles. I'm your host, Susanna Bate, resident instructor at General Assembly and founder of The Development Factory. Welcome, and thanks for listening. What's the best environment for a product manager? Is it running a team of 50 developers for an enterprise product? Or covering bases in a startup of three or four people? What will I do all day long? What am I responsible for? That's what's on my mind today, as I'm joined by Armin Danielian, product manager and business analyst for Lamps Plus, an enterprise lighting retailer with over 40 physical locations and multiple online e-commerce properties. Let's go to the conversation. Do you prefer working in a larger team environment versus, you know, a handful of people? Handful of people, small startup company, I prefer that. You prefer that? Yes. Okay. What do you love about that? Is that your job responsibility is not really clear defined. Uh, you, you're wearing many hats, you're doing many things, you have more responsibilities and uh, you have more authority. Like um, in hot schedules in startup, I was doing everything. Like first when I started, I was doing some QA automation, then I was doing some infrastructure things. Then I was just, you know, uh, removing all the impediments from developers. In the same time, I was doing the product management, you know, defining what kind of product we're going to build, what is the MVP, what's gonna, what kind of functionality it will have, and talking to stakeholders. So you, you like, you're doing everything. You're doing a little bit of everything, and it's, it's very cool. Right. You want to touch everything, basically. I want to touch everything, even though I know there is a conflict of interest. Like, uh, I was releasing products, right? like acting as a release manager in some time as I am a product manager. But it's actually a conflict of interest. Like as a release manager, I want uh, to make that release, make it happen, make it, you know, safe. And I know for sure that we'll hit the release date. As a product manager, I want to, I want it to be released, but I want specific features to be released. You know, something that is high, very important for me, high priority. So in a great case, in the real life, in a big company, it will be two different people and they will be arguing to each other and define like, what kind of task should go in the release, what kind of should not, or like, you know, release manager will say like, oh, we can't release, it's too big, you know, we need to cut it down, you know, remove some features and the product manager, you'll, you know, fight for some features that is higher priority. We, you bring up a very interesting point. When I think of the product manager role, one of the things I always say is, you're the lifeline to the customer. You're the lifeline to the user. Inside the company, you have to be that person who's always remembering the different users of the product and keeping their interests uh, top of mind and top priority. Um, as a release manager on the development side, yeah. 
you know, ideally, of course, they care as much about the customer and the user as you do. But exactly. as you point out, they're more focused sometimes on checking things off their list and accomplishing their day. Yes. Right. So like product manager, you are a mediator between development and stakeholders or customers, right? So you, you kind of as well, like as a release manager, he needs to think about the customers as well. But really his role in releasing and releasing safely, releasing without a lot of bugs and, you know, stuff like that and hitting the date. For product manager, you want it to be released, but at the same time, you want these features. You want customers to be happy with the release. What's the first hard lesson that you ever learned on the job? You know, first mess up or first time that you realized, uh-oh, this is bigger than... I've bitten off more than I can chew. Uh, when I was working in a startup, uh, in startup department, hot schedules, uh, the biggest lesson for me was don't make even small change before demo. Or even better to um, have dev environment, uh, demo environment separated. It was, it was a situation where, you know, my head was on the table because of the uh, bug that we released and the feature that I, I asked people to deploy and to do. So um, we almost lost the demo like 30 seconds in a, before it started. I had to fix the bug by myself. And accidentally, like an hour before, uh, I found out that Bitbucket is done and I cannot fix it. And I had to go to the production environment and do it by myself. You know, so that's the biggest lesson that I learned, you know, because my CTO was screaming at me and on the team, like, oh, we need to fix it right away. And like so if I understand correctly, what actually happened there was there wasn't a separation between the dev and staging environments, or you just said, make a hot fix and push it live. We didn't have the release environment yet, so it was a dev environment. We had staging and dev environment, but we, uh, we deployed them both. <laughs> accidentally we we didn't catch the bug and we deployed it and it was actually super critical and very high severity so it actually broke the whole demo i mean if i would fix it but i did lucky that you were able lucky. to fix it <laughs> but everybody was just screaming around and don't know what to do but what i learned that uh, you know sometimes i can act in a very in an environment like that, when even CTO lose his mind and just screaming and, you know, using F-world all the time, that I can actually, you know, take myself in hands and fix the bug, you know, right away. So would you say then that uh, the ability to stay calm in difficult yes, situations? Is there for my English, yeah, that's, that's what I learned how to deal with that, yeah. Yeah, no, I think your English is perfectly fine. I, I just wanted to capture the yeah. sentiment. It's uh, a, an essential quality for a product manager is to be able to stay calm yep. because a lot of people around you won't be calm yes. a lot of the time. So that case was like nobody was calm and I was, you know, calling people to come in and try to fix it back right away. So, so Lamps Plus, which is where you are, they're a lamp store. They're a, a retail store. They, you know, they've got one uh, down in Miracle Mile. You walk in, lamps everywhere. Yeah. You're on the e-commerce team. Yes. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you guys are doing over there and, and what you specifically do for the company. Even though the company called Lamps Plus, we actually have a couple of the different products. Uh, we have a couple of the different e-commerce websites. Not all of them are about the lamps. Uh, I won't point to specific ones, but um, we're dealing with... Uh, you know, number of the e-commerce websites and we're just defining what's going to be there and, you know, 
how the, the pages will gonna look and what is the sort of search pages gonna be. So how many other product managers besides yourself? We have a pretty big team of product managers uh, around all together, around six, seven people in product management. Okay. Because um, even though you won't think that you know, Lambs Plus, you know, it's just a site, right? A commerce site. It's not even a platform or something like that. Why do you need so big team? But actually, it has a lot of logic in it. A lot of hidden logic. It's not, you know, as simple as Shopify or WooCommerce or Magento or anything like that. We have our own platform. We have our own. Everything is built on on, on in-house. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of internal tools that we build. So uh, that's why we have a big team. So is the division of responsibility across the product managers based on batches of features uh, or it's these sort of separate um, assets that each individual person is wholly responsible for? So when I joined, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't any definition what kind of features you own. So we was more like product managers, but not product owners. And I didn't like that. So... We all agree that it's not the way how we want to handle things, and we decided to try out separate by features or maybe by sites sometimes uh, what will be your area of responsibility. Otherwise, you know, it will be like task will come to my hands from some stakeholder, or maybe I will hear it from somewhere and I will work on that. Once it's deployed, I'm, my, you know, I'm out. I'm good. So it, it was messy before, but now we're trying to. Uh, clearly define what is your area ownership. One of the things I like about Lamps Plus as an example, you know, in this project is it's not the kind of place that somebody might instinctively think a job could exist for yeah. them, right? And I talk about this uh, oftentimes with my students, certainly in the startup world, certainly in Silicon Beach and Silicon Valley, there are jobs for product managers in any company that's building an app or some sort of, you know, technology, web or mobile technology. But meanwhile, there's all of these brick and mortar businesses like yeah. Lamps Plus and many others who have technology departments or have a need for that. You know, they, there's a, a need for these companies to evolve beyond brick and mortar. Yeah, um, I, I can add to that, like, uh, many times they need for technology department. It may be the company, like, I don't know, Burbank Water and Power Company, right? Uh, maybe they need, they have a need for technology department, but maybe they will offshore it, you know, they will give this, uh, they, they will, re you know, work with some third-party company who will provide the website with all the things that they need or some technology, whatever it will be. But sometimes... And usually they have some kind of product manager on in-house from them who will interact with the third party. So, you know, there's clearly, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for product managers to find a job, so of course. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, what's exciting is yeah. don't look in just the obvious yeah. places. And, yeah. and we talked a little bit about this offline, yeah. but sometimes finding a job in product management is less about applying for a job and more about seeing an opportunity, you know, yeah. where there's a gap within the company. And if you can recognize that it's missing that, that key yeah. player to bring it all together. Yeah. Also, uh, especially like um, if you compare Silicon Valley in San Francisco to LA or, you know, Denver, any city like that, many times company doesn't know 
whom they trying to uh, whom they looking for. Like uh, they'll put a um, job uh, job requirement for business analysts, but actually they look for product manager. But it's not clearly defined for them what is a product manager, what is a business analyst. So I, I see a lot of like uh, open positions for business analysts in here here in the LA area. And from the um, responsibilities, I can see that it's actually product manager. Interesting insight. So, what what advice would you give to somebody? Say, you know, they're they're fresh out of school. They've just graduated from general assembly product management class. They want a job. Yeah. What advice would you do to give them to go out and find something? I have a couple of the resumes and dice like with different pro, uh, title. Like you can have a business analyst, you can have product manager, product owner, people doesn't know what exactly whom they're looking for. And then you have to talk to the HR or whoever is hiring and you will find out is it really product manager or is actually business analyst. So uh, that's, that's my advice. I mean, even in my title, I have e-commerce product manager slash business analyst. That's, that's confusing. Right. Strategic though. It's intentionally confusing. You know, product management is that intersection, you know, between business, business requirements, technology requirements, design requirements. What's your opinion on if I had to lead with with one area of expertise, you know, amongst those three? Where's the best place to bolster your skills first? I mean, you you had a web development background, you not formally trained as yeah. you said, but that was kind of you started in technology and and then moved into yeah. that center. Uh, there is actually different. Again, we're coming back to the titles. There's actually two different titles, like business product manager, and uh, or maybe marketing product manager, and uh, technical product manager. So depends where you're gonna go. Uh, especially in Silicon Valley, you can see that this is two separate people. Sometimes it's the business guy will be in more in the business and marketing side, and the technology guy will be more working with requirements on technology side. So he will be like mini CTO, not mini CEO. You know. Right. So you like the mini CEO role. That's why you put business. Uh, in I like both. I buy. I like both. Actually, it's not. I. It, it, I didn't put it. It's actually my title in a Lance Plus. They. They was looking for product managers. They couldn't find. They put the business analysts. They found a couple of them. So, um, when I'm saying, um, I like both sides because I'm from technical background, and same times. Uh, same time, I'm entrepreneur. I like both sides. I don't know. It's hard to choose. In one company, I'm more in technical, and in one company, I'm more in the business. Right. And that really speaks to whether you have one specific skill set that's kind of your strongest skill set. That really speaks to both the challenge and the opportunity for product management is no two environments will ever be the same. You yeah. might be spending a lot of time managing releases, actively involved with development at one company, switch to another company, same title. And suddenly you're on the marketing and the business side far more. I, I hear that from all my product manager friends. They all say that in different company, the product manager responsibilities is completely different. <laughs> they kind of, you know, similar in terms of like you're a mediator between this, you know, business and uh, development, but, you know, requirement, uh, whatever you do is different day to day. So you're also a founder, right? And you've got 
Goblin Games. We don't have a name yet. <laughs> oh, you don't have a name. Goblin Games is one of the games you it's created. The, uh, it's actually one of the teams. <laughs> uh, we have... That's that's my side project. Uh, we have mm, three games that we develop, and we're trying to release those, and, uh, you know, maybe it will be my startup. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Why gaming? Actually, I started it more for for learning purposes because um, you know I can learn more what CEO or CDO does by being CEO or CDO of the teams. So I'm I'm investing in uh, small teams that making the games and finding them in a, uh, different places around the world and I just invest and I help to find the technology, the processes and, and trying to manage people and stuff like that. In uh, that way, I learn how to do that. You know because Investments, actually my investments are very, very small. Uh, usually these people are located in Russia, Ukraine, like somewhere in the Eastern Europe. So it's pretty good learning. Right. Well, way. certainly managing, managing any developer team can be challenging. Yeah. Managing an offshore team comes with a whole other set of challenges. Yes. Including, and you know, I know this from my own experiences, but I think a lot of people don't know about this, the cultural difference creates challenge right it's one yeah. thing to say well the time zone okay yeah you're going to spend a lot of nights being up late mm -hmm. connecting with your team as they're starting the day it's another thing to say language barrier those are obvious but i think there's mentality difference as well right, right. there's uh you can build the culture you don't know but every company kind of building the culture and atmosphere specific to that company on site right but these guys are enough for they may not be affected by that. They have some, they own culture. Right. And absolutely, I would agree with that. And I think, for example, here in North America, interface is everything, right? You could be presenting something to an internal team of stakeholders. It could represent tons of complex business logic behind it. Yeah. But if the button looks wrong, that's all anyone can yes. focus on. Yes. And, you know, I find a lot of times developers, certainly back-end developers, think, who cares about yeah. the button? We can clean the button up at <laughs> yes. a later date. We call this API and it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're busy celebrating. Yes. We finally yes. figured out how to solve this problem. It's interesting. It, so, you, I, just to add to that, uh, I think the very nice thing about... Uh, you know, how you present it to stakeholders is demos, sprint demos. We're doing that with the sprint demos. Like we try to encourage developers to present what they have done and explain in the same time if it is too technical. You know, that's actually what that means. You know, this is this payment system. They will explain what's going on and how complicated it is. So stakeholders will understand why it takes so long or why everybody, you know, spends so much time on that. What do you think is the most misunderstood aspect of product management? The the thing that people don't realize that it's about, um, or or even you know, do, does your friends and family know what you're talking about when you tell them that you're a product manager? No. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think that perception really is for people who aren't in the field? Again, depends where you live. As I mentioned, in LA, they will they won't think about technology. If you'll say I'm product manager, they won't think about technology at all. If um, even if you will say that you're in technologies, I don't think that they will understand what you're doing. Like, like they they just don't know what you do. Like mm, 
you know, they don't have any <laughs> anything, you know, in their mind about what, what is your role. So I have to explain. And the easiest way is just to say, mini SEO without the power. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true. I, I have friends that have known me for over a decade and they say to me, you know, I still really don't understand yeah. what it is you do. Yeah. It's just forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Too tough to explain. Yeah. Do you, are you a, a podcast guy? Are you a books guy? What, uh, where do you like to get your information? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> From real life, when I try to implement or if I'm facing the problem that I need to solve. I, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to read the technical books or you know, books like that. I, I, I'm easy to read some regular books, you know, about romance and, you know, poems and stuff like that, but not technical. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not that guy who will sit next to the book and read for hours and hours and hours. No, I, I need to try it. I need to practice it. Right. Not even podcast. I like to listen podcasts, but, you know, if... I won't try it or I won't face that issue. Uh, I, you know, I won't learn and I will, I will forget. Right. Yeah. You've been restless since you were two years old. You can't be forced <laughs> yeah. to sit down. It makes a lot yes. of sense. Do you have, um, you know, a role model or influencer or inspiration in the technology space that when you think about being, maybe one day being a big CEO versus a mini CEO or having the power or anything that you think, oh, that person is a, a role model for me? Uh, no, I don't have anyone. I, because we're not ideal. I don't have anyone that I look and like, oh, I want to be that guy. No, I, I, I watch every guy, you know, every cool guy like Elon Musk or, you know, Steve Jobs. I, I even, you know, read the biography of Steve Jobs and people like that. I mean, I look at them, I see their cons and pros, and I try to explain to myself what is his cons, what is his pros, what I need to learn from him, and what I should not do as he does, you know. So I don't have anyone, like, just Jesus, maybe. <laughs> I want to be like a Jesus, but apart from that, no. Fair enough. Well, that's but a role I would, model nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to be a SEO one day, uh, pretty big company starting from a startup. And that's something that I'm working on. I'm imagining a world where I'm drinking out of a mug that has a quote from you on it. <laughs> what does that quote say? Uh, just do, do it, try it. Uh, I don't, I, I can't say, my English is not that great. It's hard to me for me to put that great sentence uh, that you will be in your mug, but I'm I'm living the life where I try to try things rather than just think about them too long, um, using lean startup kind of style, right? If I have some you know some idea that I have in my mind and I'm like, oh you know I think that will work, but I will never try because I I will tell myself it's too expensive, you know I'm not gonna do that because it's too expensive, too risky. I'll create a way how to at least prove to myself that this idea doesn't work or this idea works. You're incredibly inspirational as an entrepreneur. You know, you we keep coming back to this concept of it, but especially side projects. Somebody brought this up to me recently, and I think it's also great advice. You might not just immediately find that job, you yeah. know, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep looking and it doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue this field if it's what you want. But while you're looking and, and while you're pursuing it, um, 
pick up the computer and start coding yeah. or put together a team and, you know, yeah. start a little gaming company and great if it ends up becoming something, but even if it's just for the purpose of getting some, some practice on the ground and frankly, having a, a portfolio piece to leverage, because if you don't have that real world experience, you know, from someone else's company, this is sort of the next best thing. Say, well, I didn't work there, but here's what I did, and I did it out of passion yeah. and willingness to learn. Yeah, and sometimes you don't need any money to start startup, right? You just need right people that would like to work with you for free. And the product manager, as I mentioned, yeah, it's ministerial. You need to you need to be that guy who will create the products, basically. So you need to be a startup guy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I asked you about quotes. One of the ones that I like to say is. When it comes to making excuses, one is as good as another. Mm -hmm. And really just yeah. meaning that once you start coming up with reasons for why you can't do it, yes. they're all the same. Yes. Right? Yes. You've given up in advance. Yes. <laughs> well, Armin, thank you so much. Really so excited to have you be part of the project and amazing insights. And just I love your energy. I love chatting with you. Thank so you. really appreciate it. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to 100 PM, the official podcast for 100productmanagers.com. If you haven't been to our site, please check it out. We have so many great resources for anybody looking to learn more about product management or starting a technology business. I'm your host, Susanna Abate. Join me here. We've got a new conversation every Tuesday. We'll see you next time.